0: quick disclaimer before we start today's episode me and Frankie did have to record in our secondary studio so uh, our mic quality isn't quite up to normal but uh, I definitely think it still sounds fine and uh, just wanted to give everyone a warning uh, before we start today's episode hope you guys enjoy it and uh, thank you all for listening Welcome in to another edition of the Return of the War podcast. As always, Chris Watkins, Frankie Cardaselli, joining you all. It's not as happy times as it was last time we recorded. The Sacramento Kings have found some slumps. Uh, they are, what are they, 0-3 oh, in their last three games, 1-4 uh, and four in their last four uh currently sitting on a three game losing streak losses to Atlanta, losses to Boston and a loss uh to the Phoenix Suns on Monday. We're recording this on Tuesday right now. Joining me as always is Frankie Cardicelli. Frank, what has been uh what has been your thoughts on this little little losing patch here? First of all, Chris happy to be back. We're sitting here in our our backup right. slash
1: Yeah, this is the B studio. closet studio here at uh our eleven forty offices. Yep. Um, I'm 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 okay. You know I'm. uh It was a great great time watching the Kings win seven in a row. That was thrilling for everybody. I think. uh Kind of brought back to earth a little bit here. Three game losing streak. It's a little reminiscent to to let the last couple of years where the Kings have had some some losing streaks that you know I won't say this is reminiscent, but it's kind of bringing back memories of of just bad times. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So uh I'm 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 teetering on the fence of am I concerned, am I not? But I'm more on the side of I think the Kings are are all right because they're they're competing each night. But um yeah, last night against Phoenix was a tough one. It was a game that they should have had, in yeah. my opinion. And um got a big one on Wednesday. But overall I'm feeling okay. How are you feeling?
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you where I'm just like I'm I'm pretty confused because it did feel like some old habits are are you know rearing their head around the corner here where it's like you know this is this is a version of a team that we saw last year where it's like these guys play zero defense uh and just try and outscore everybody on a nightly basis and when they go against the Atlanta Hawks who are no slouches uh and then the two best teams in in each conference in in the Boston Celtics and Phoenix Suns like those are really good rosters, and you're just not going to, you know, you're not going to outscore them uh, just on the offensive end. Like, you're going to have to make some stops and play some good defense. And you just mentioned it there. I mean, Devin Booker went absolutely crazy last night. 44, I think he ended up with. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a common problem throughout this season. And <clears throat> I don't know. It's just it, it's making me nervous that, you know, there's still some bad bad DNA in this team uh, that that makes me feel like, You know, this this might not get solved for a while because this is three times off the top of my head this year that I can think of uh, where I mean, you can even add Jason, you know, I'm thinking Paul George at the beginning of the season had a 40 piece on us. That was I mean, that was very similar to me to the Phoenix game where it's like we pretty much stopped everything else. And if we can just stop this one guy who is going absolutely ballistic, we can absolutely win this game easy and blow him out. But we just couldn't. We couldn't stop Paul George. Steph Curry had his biggest night uh, against the Sacramento Kings in his career uh, earlier this season. And then Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum absolutely took control of that Boston game. Uh, it was a little bit more of a team effort than some of these other games, but um, it's, it's a little concerning to me that, yeah, this is the fourth or fifth time this season uh, that the Kings have just allowed the most obvious person who's going to, mm-hmm. you know, get the other team going that night and and just couldn't slow them down at all. Yeah, last night, I think I said to you before the game
1: started, I said, if you, if you can stop Devin Booker, you have a pretty good chance of winning the game. And no Chris Paul, Devin Booker comes into the fold and <laughs> drops 44 on 17 of 28 shooting, also six steals for right. Devin Booker, which... Uh, yeah. Didn't seem like he was making that much of a defensive impact, but I guess he was. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can't allow the best player. And I, I know that Devin Booker, Trey Young, uh, Jason Tatum, guys that have each had their way with the Kings the last three games. I know that they're all stars and superstars for a reason. But at a certain point, you have to say no. You have to make. <laughs> no. you have to say no. You, have to, no. you have to make stops. You have to contain these stars every night. And the Kings did try – Mike Brown threw KZ at Paul last night mm-hmm. at Devin Booker. He threw KZ at Paul at Jason Tatum, baited him into foul trouble the other night. So that worked out. Last night was not the case. KZ at Paul was not able to contain Devin Booker. Nobody was able to contain Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Uh, some good possessions from Davion Mitchell. I thought so as well. In the fourth, that yeah. was pretty much the uh, the best. I think that that the best the Kings could do, and that's the Kings' best defender. But some interesting things last night. You know, Devin Booker was doing his thing, but. A player that wasn't really looking like himself last night was was De'Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. who finishes the night with 11 points, uh, 4 of 12 shooting, only played 28 minutes. Uh, that's just not—I that, mean, that's De'Aaron's worst game of the season, I think, as far as uh, performance-based. like he, he even said last night It's it's not realistic to expect someone to play well every single night. And he's right. I mean, even the best in the league are going to have an off day. And I don't think it's fair for us to sit here and put this loss solely on De'Aaron Fox. But if he plays even half to his ability, they win last night's game, I
0: think. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a common problem with this team where I don't think offense was the problem. You know, how how much did they end up scoring last Uh, night? It was 117. 117, which is near their season average. I think they're averaging right now. Uh, They're averaging,
1: hello, what do we got? 119. Right. They're down to 119, which is still second in the NBA. So they, sh- they score 117 points last night, and they shoot 52% from the field, 36 from three. That's pretty back to normal, considering that they shot 53% from the field and 38% from three during the seven-game winning streak. The two-game losing streak uh, prior to last night, 43% from the field, 26 from three. So you up your shooting percentages, back up around 10% each in the field and three points. So offense looked fine. It's, it's, it coming, it's coming out of the defense once again. Coming out of the fact that the Kings are struggling to rebound with pretty much everybody. I mean, DeAndre mm-hmm. last night was was a force. He had 12, 12 boards. You had Devin Booker with eight rebounds, Mikel Bridges with eight rebounds. Uh, then you have Demonis Sabonis led the Kings with nine. They got rebounded by, by 12 last night.
0: So. Well, and then there's obviously the, the biggest rebound right. of them all, the last play of the game when they absolutely need to come down with that defensive rebound after getting the stop. Damian Lee. Damian Lee. The guy of the night. I mean, I-, I talked about it a little bit on the uh, Sackdown Sports postgame recap. You and I both share a uh, distaste, if you will, for Damian Lee's game. Uh, you know, I think he's a perfectly fine human. But, uh, you know, it's just he feels like the-, the person you least want to hit three threes and score 15 points and grab the game ceiling rebound. Uh, 11 points in the fourth just quarter. Could not aggravate me more. Uh, Damian Lee, but I mean, good on him because he showed up and, you know, that's, if he were on your team, you're like, holy crap, that's, you know, that's like Casey Paula for us doing, uh, it's probably not st- no, apples it's for like- apples, but it, it's just like such a random guy, to be deciding a game and to come up on the right side, I think of it. opposing opposing teams would say that's like Davion Mitchell scoring 11 points in the fourth quarter. And mm-hmm. I think even I or we would be
1: sitting there right. going, "Wow, Davion had 11 points in the fourth quarter, right?
0: Three threes, like, game wow. winning steal."
1: And we've seen Damian Lee do it before to the Kings when he's killed right. the Kings before. Right. And I think it was Chris Biederman who works at Sacramento Bean, he. I think he's a Bay Area fit guy, mm-hmm. Bay Area fan. I think he grew up a Warriors fan, and he said that. That, that's one of the best performances he's, he's ever seen from Damian Lee. <laughs> and you and I were just saying, this is light for yeah, him. He right. does it to the Kings every time. And we are always sitting there just going, oh,
0: my God, Damian Lee. He's so far. Didn't he hit <sighs> I feel like he hit a big shot against the Kings when he was on the Warriors, too, right? Yeah, He hit a huge shot. I think it was
1: uh, the, um, the, the COVID, the pandemic year, 2020 2021. Yeah. I think he had, like, a big shot late. Um, and he, he just comes up big against him. And, you know, I think you can live with Devin Booker. Beating you, mm-hmm. and what I will say is, I, I cannot live with, I cannot live with, with Damian Lee beating <laughs> you. And, and last night, Devin Booker in the fourth quarter, eight points, two of five shooting. The Kings held him to forty percent, no threes. The Kings let Damian Lee score eleven points, four of six from the field. So Damian Lee played Damn. the most minutes out of any son, not yeah. named Mckel Bridges. Scores eleven points. He, in my opinion, like we're talking about Devin Booker scoring forty four. Quarters one through three, sure. But the Kings had a lead in the fourth quarter. They had control. And you let Damian Lee get hot in the fourth. So that's why it's it's hard for me to sit here and say, you know, I want to focus a lot on – like, I I do want to focus on that still. But the fact that Jason Tatum, Trey Young, and Devin Booker have beaten the Kings over the past three games, that is a fact. But there are other things that kind of stick out about these three losses that make me feel encouraged slash worse. Because if you think about the Atlanta game, the Kings were – Came back. We're mm-hmm. down by seven early in the fourth. Didn't mm-hmm. score four minutes. That, that was, was the game. An ugly game, man. That was so ugly. Boston. Kings have a six point lead with four minutes left in the third quarter. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, all four fouls. Mm. You let Peyton Pritchard
0: and, and, uh, and Sam Hauser.
1: Yeah, they come out off and, the bench. Uh, who else? Cornette, Luke Cornett. Luke Cornett. Yep. Beat you. Yep. And then last night, you have regained control. They did take Devin Booker out of the game for the most part. Eight points on two of five. That's in four of those are free throws. So they did a good job of containing him. Mm-hmm. Then you let Damian Lee score. I think he scored eight of those points like
0: mm-hmm. in a row. Yes, he, had he did. Three, three, three. Yeah. Yep. He had
1: two, yeah, two threes in a mid range. Yep. So these are these are three games that he, the Kings falling apart in Boston. I guess abstained from this, but they are games that you had control of or or had a
0: shot to come back and and win. <laughs> Mostly the bossing in my head actually because the Kings were out of the mm-hmm. I have a question for you, um, and I think it's just like a philosophical thing, um, and you mentioned it there. I actually feel the complete opposite. I'm okay with Damian Lee beating us. I have an issue if, like, the, the main guy is just going to be incredible because we know he's going to be incredible. But I do think, like I said, it's kind of just a, a matter of preference. Can you talk me through wh- why you feel like – I, I can understand why, but why you feel – Uh, you would rather see, you know, Malcolm Brogdon – or I'm sorry, why you would rather see Jason Tatum, you know, score 70 than have the whole collective of everybody, you know, force somebody else to beat you. Because I think Mike has proven uh, a couple times here where he – especially in the fourth quarter, and I think that it's kind of what they tried to do against Phoenix the other night where they double-teamed the other team's best player just to force – you know, in the Warrior game, they forced Steph Curry – to pass the ball and make Clay Thompson shoot. Uh, I'm just curious your your thought process behind it about how it gets easier to to or just you know it? yeah I guess I guess that's really what it is. I mean because I I don't, I don't I definitely don't think you're wrong. I think some coaches will be like if that guy wants to ball hog and literally put the team on his back, let him. You yeah. know it's a five. It's you know you're you're meant to play fives. If you want to play one on five, feel free. I think last night you. And I, I think I
1: had accepted it. I think a lot of Kings fans probably accepted it too. Devin Booker, once he crossed like the thirty-point mark in the third it, quarter, it was over.
0: Okay, I mean he's <laughs> he's, he's going post. He's, he's getting hits. He his. could not miss, bro. He's he going to get his. Not miss.
1: That was ridiculous. Yeah, he's going to get hits tonight. And I, I, the thing that stuck out to me was I wanted to make, I wanted the Kings to make sure they defend. They took everybody else out of the game. Right. Don't let Mikhail Bridges get going. DeAndre Ayton, who had a pretty good game overall. I mean, he had 17 and 12 on eight of ten. He actually had a really good right. game. Yeah. Don't let him, don't let them feed him down low unless right. the bonus get abused in the paint. Just don't let anybody else beat you in the fourth. If you can take right. Devin Booker out of the game, you're gonna make a run. Mm-hmm. You know what? They did. The Kings mm-hmm. took Devin Booker out of the game for That's the most point. part. They went mm-hmm. on a run. And it's harder, it's harder for me to accept the fact that guys like uh I mean, like we talked about Peyton Pritchard, Luke mm-hmm. Cornette, uh Damian Lee. And Atlanta, I think it was DeAndre Hunter who had some big buckets there. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I – I, it's harder for me to accept the C – this is disrespectful. No, it's
0: – The C or D players are yeah, beating what you, mean. you yeah. than the A players. It makes sense too because it's like like you mentioned. Like Devin Booker's already in a rhythm. Let's not let the – if you prevent the other guys from getting into a similar rhythm like Damian Lee ended up getting in, like – if you can get those guys to to be the ones that are missing shots, that could be another way that you get a game. So I, I, I've never really thought of it that way, but I mean, you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, speaking of being in rhythm, I think we'd be remiss to not talk about just this, this rough, rough stretch of games from Keegan Murray. Uh, it's been a really tough month for him. I pulled up the numbers the other day. Uh, he's averaging like seven points a game on 30% from the field. And, uh, under twenty under thirty percent from three, uh, definitely, I think you had pulled up the other day uh, when you were a guest on my show that uh, he was shooting nine percent from three in the over the road trip or something like that. Just just absolutely tough stuff from Keegan Murray. We're seeing you know his shot get sent to the third row routinely here during this stretch mm-hmm. of games. They're trying to get him involved or keep him involved in the offense, but just w- what are you seeing from Keegan and his struggles right now? I mean, last night it was a little better. He goes
1: 5 of 11 and uh, hits the only three he took. Taking one three is kind of crazy,
0: interesting to
1: me. He took um, some jump
0: shots, but they were all yeah five of eleven.
1: He did have a, he a couple of those. When he drives in the paint, he's just, he's just so overmatched by everybody yeah. right now.
0: He's got no moves.
1: He's so overmatched by everybody right now. And, uh you know, I think he's pressing a little bit. He was pressing on the offensive end, on the defensive end. He, I think, was getting targeted a little bit, and I think mm-hmm. there are some instances instances where he's held his own, but more so than not over the span, he, in my opinion, I think we can categorize it as a wall. I'd like to categorize it as a wall, a mm-hmm. rookie wall, because I kind of toiled with this when I was on with Matt on Lockdown Kings a couple days ago, but... I thought it might maybe it's too early to talk about the rookie wall, but we've seen Keegan Murray play well. We've seen him play at a high level already. He came up and he performed well, mm. and now he looks lost. There's, there's some off the court stuff, and I think that the mental aspect of of being a human being, not just being an athlete, being a human being, shouldn't be underestimated. I think that Keegan, who is a young man in life, me I'm 28, acting like I'm he's a young <laughs> so you're man, a wise
0: scholar. He's a young
1: man in life though, and he's dealing with some real life stuff. And it clearly is leaked into his play. Uh, yesterday at practice, he talked to the media and, and said that his he downplayed confidence it, downplayed. it seriously. Yeah, like my confidence mm-hmm. is 100%. Um, and to, to give him some credit, he did come off the bench or off the bench. He come, came out last night and he played well. I mean, 11 points on eleven, a uh, 5 of 11. I'll, I'll take that every night from King mm-hmm. because that because the Kings don't need him to come out and be a Palo Bancero. They don't need him to average eighteen and eight. It'd be nice if he did.
0: Mm-hmm. It'd be
1: nice if he came out and averaged eighteen and eight, but they don't need him to do that. Mm-hmm. What they need him to do is come out and do exactly what he did last night, which is he knocked down shots, hit the only three he took, um, be efficient from the field, did it, and hold your own on, on the defensive end, which I think he did an, an okay job. I think he was mostly matched up with uh Mikhail Bridges or Tory mm-hmm. Craig and and Bridges at 13 Bridges points. Had tough night. of six from three. Yeah, Bridges is not like himself um, either. So kind of is a, at a point with Keegan where he needs to work through this rough stretch. I mean, mm-hmm. are you worried about him?
0: I don't know if I'm worried about him. Uh, I'm starting to get concerned just about his confidence. I just – I feel like he's not – I think you pointed it out yesterday where – uh, he did have a, a lot of his points came from under the basket and from missed assignments, layups, uh, stuff like that. And he had one wide open. Uh, he ended up throwing it down, just a little baby, like, touched, barely touched the rim and throw it in. I just want to see him kind of, like, throw, you know, put a little bit more emphasis on that. Like, get yourself hyped. I, you know, I know that's... <laughs> getting yourself hyped is definitely not in uh, in Keegan's, uh, you know, scope of thing. You know, he, he's not really a... Uh, a big energy kind of guy, but I would just would have liked to see him try, you know, it's a really small thing and probably a a real sports talky kind of thing. But like, I would just like to see him really throw that down just to kind of get, get his energy up a little. It seems like, you know, and I know Keegan is, is known for being a very stoic, mild mannered guy, but um, I would just like to see that fire in him. and, uh, And I'm not saying he doesn't have fire or isn't competitive at all, but it's just it seems like he's so down like it. It looks like on the court you can feel when shots aren't going in, when his shots getting blocked, that he it, it appears or maybe I'm just projecting. It feels like he's getting down on himself when that happens. It's not preventing him from taking the next shot, but in the moment you can feel that it kind of crushes him a little. I don't know if you feel the same or if I'm just. Like I said, kind like, of reading too much into that. Like Sad Puppy Dog, like it's kind of like,
1: that's a what like bit, the, right. on the Yankee podcast I listen to when like when like Gleyber Torres makes an error. They say, oh, right. Gleyber's giving like the sad puppy dog look like he kind of right. like he, he's stoic. It looks like he's stoic, but you can just kind of see in his demeanor, he's just a little. Yeah, like, like it hurt. It hurts a little. It, it's like, ooh, like that yeah. That might hurt a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. when he gets, when you get a shot sent four rows back, it can't, it can't. It's not easy not to in front of like
0: sixteen thousand people. No, and we, I'm sure we,
1: you and I have both had that happen to us on large, on smaller scales. Yeah, but it's not a good feeling, and you don't really know how to react. It's just mm-hmm. kind of an embarrassing thing. So yeah, and it's happened to Keegan a good amount yeah. over the past couple games. He just has been overmatched in the paint, uh, but we know he's capable of being a knockdown shooter, coming off curls and mm-hmm. and things that that he has done a good job of lately. Just haven't happened. Like he has
0: last mm-hmm. night, one three. I don't know. I have to look at his game log right here. What's the last game he took one three? Let me see. I, it honestly, that might be the only game he's taken one three. I, I every single game he's played, even when when he hasn't shot well, he's that's, taken four or five threes.
1: That's the that's the least amount of three pointers he's ever taken in a game last night. One three pointer. Very strange. And he hit it right. So maybe he's starting to kind of. I mean, he hasn't been shooting the ball out. Like, I mean, last night though, he did take the most field goal attempts that he's taken since uh, November thirteenth. Mm-hmm. So that's most in six games he has never taken more than 15 but right now he the last one two three four five games 11 last night eight against boston five against atlanta eight against memphis 10 against detroit so Mm -hmm.
0: it's um still putting him up it's just yeah i mean it just feels different like you like you mentioned like he was he came out the gate shooting so well shooting so confidently uh and, you know, it looked like something that he could just build upon. And, and it didn't – and even if he were to go cold, it, it didn't feel like it was going to be like how it is now, where it's just – you know, he, he's he's ice cold. Like, he can't hit anything, you know. He, he I think he's hit his past two threes now. I think he hit a three at the end of the Boston game. Yes. And he hit his three yesterday. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's just slowly going to ramp it back up until he gains that confidence. But – um, it's, you know, if I had to give it a 1 to 10 on the panic meter, I'm probably at a 6. I don't think it's, it's you know, Keegan Murray is going, this is going to be Keegan, but the rest on, of Keegan you're on Murray's other side the fence. But you're on the
1: other side of the fence. I'm definitely
0: on the other side of the fence. Of I, I do feel like it's affecting his confidence at this point. And I do think if he continues this play for another maybe, you know, two to three games here, it, it might have not some long, long-term damage, but it just might take some time to rebuild the guy that we saw in the beginning. Yeah, and, you know, Mike Brown even said
1: it that he is treating he's treating Keegan as a veteran mm-hmm. as far as, you know, he's looking at him that way. It's not like Jaden Ivey in Detroit or Palo in, in Orlando right. uh, that are playing on teams that are losing. It's he is on a team that... Mm-hmm. Is Their word's not mine. A playoff team. Mike Brown and Keegan Murray both said Mm -hmm. this is a playoff team. We're not trying to get a lottery pick. They have all the talent to be a playoff team. And I agree. I think the Kings do have the talent to be a playoff team. It's been 20 games. And I think that we've seen they are very capable of playing with anybody on any given night. But there are some things that they have to work through. And individually, like Keegan Murray has to work through what he's going through. Kevin Herter, who has been maybe the King's second best player of the season or mm-hmm. third best player. I, I'd say third best because Sabonis and Fox are definitely yeah. on a run.
0: If he would have kept up that play from the beginning of the season, he would absolutely be second. And, and he, he still is having a, a very good season. I mean,
1: Kevin Herter, uh, 16 points per game, 48% from the field, 46 from three. My goodness. Mm-hmm. And that's accounting the fact that he has missed his last 11 three-pointers. He's mm-hmm. 0 of 11 the past two games. There are some slums going on right now. And the Kings have to work through them. And, De'Aaron Fox, we'll see if he can bounce back from one down performance. But right now, the only king that's really playing well consistently is Devonis Sabonis. Mm-hmm. So the kings around him need to do their jobs, and that means Keegan Murray needs to do exactly what he did last night, 11 points, sure. Decent shooting. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, still don't know
1: where your boy Harrison Barnes is, your your favorite player.
0: It's just what he does, man. It really is. It's, so, it's really tough to watch, but... Um... Yeah, I mean... I It's tough. No, thanks. I, I'm going to opt out of this week's Harrison what, Barnes conversation. We're,
1: we're talking... I mean, he had a... To be... You know, I'm not going to just come out like, again, <laughs> our, our buddy Brendan, who... I can't let <laughs> people really caught on to him saying, HB's washed. Because like, every, like... People respond to him on Twitter saying, yeah. HB's not washed, HB's not washed. Well, he's not. I mean, he did have a stretch there. Uh, it was a four-game stretch. 61% from the field, 47 from three. 21 points per game, six boards. That was from the Brooklyn game to the Memphis game. All wins. But once again, what do we say, Chris? We every, say
0: this. Frank, I swear I, we've
1: been saying this for three years now. Those were all wins. Losses with Harrison Barnes. The last three games, 42% from the field. 0% from three. Oof. Eight points Oof. per game. Four rebounds. When the Kings play well, that means that Harrison Barnes has played Yep.
0: When Harrison Barnes plays well, the Kings play well. I don't know why it's that case. It's, it's incredibly frustrating to rely on a guy who, like I've said countless times, this is just who he is. He, he's there on some nights. He's just a ghost on others. But, yeah, I mean, it really is as simple as that, and we've talked about this for two to three years now, where when Harrison Barnes is playing his best basketball, the Kings are usually playing their best yeah. basketball, for whatever reason, Harrison is, you know, they, they say De'Aaron Fox is the head of the snake, uh, but but it seems like Harrison Barnes is the guy that really stirs the pot. And, like, you know, if if he can – just him playing well seems to open up so many things for the team, and it's, it's one of those things. You always talk about how uh, Terrence Davis, if he hits his first three, he's going to be on that night, and if he misses, you can just tell he's not – you know, it, it's a lot less likely he's going to have a good night. With Harrison, it's the same, especially with him being in that starting lineup. If he comes out aggressively in the first five minutes and really, you know, just drives the paint, puts his head down, does a slow euro, gets gets to the basket, it feels like that's how you know Harrison's going to be on that night and he's going to be there. But uh, there's just way too many nights where he's he's complete. It's and it's not a matter of he's playing poorly to me. It's really very similar to Keegan Murray, but Keegan has done a, honestly a better job of it than Harrison. Uh, It's just being aggressive, like it's just looking for your shot and acknowledging like I'm I'm a dude who can do some things and this team needs the things that I can do. And it's kind of having that that selfishness of like it's time for me to put my impact on this game. Very rarely when Harrison's aggressive, are we like, whoa, Harrison Barnes is doing way too much right now. He doesn't have it.
1: It's usually uh, a good. Like if he puts his head down and goes to the basket, I can live with it. Even if it doesn't right. work out, it's a high percentage shot in my mind. And we saw it last night. I mean, he had mismatches, of course. He had I think he had campaign on him mm-hmm. and Damian Lee in certain instances, and those are the times he went to the basket and did score. He got an am one on one of those mm-hmm. plays, and I think I told you weight room because uh, <laughs> he's a big he's a big guy, right?
0: HB, so he's strong, bro. He's so strong, like so he's strong. He's yeah. so strong, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's six eight. He's he's been in this league what eleven years now. Yeah. We can't forget like you know when you're playing, you know what campaigns twenty five twenty six years. Like is he that young? He's something yeah. like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, He's you know like you're gonna be able to throw your body around uh, these guys when you just have that grown man strength. He's a he's a ninety four summer baby. So really twenty. Huh. He's a same grade.
1: Shout out campaign. Shout out Class campaign. Class of twenty twelve high school. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, like I said, if if during that winning streak, everyone was doing their role. I mean, HP mm-hmm. was playing well. Like, mm-hmm. he was averaging 19 points per game, 20 points per game for most of that run. De'Aaron Fox playing like an all-star. A lot of things need to go right. De'Amonis and bonus shook off his rough, rough start. Kevin Herter was shooting 50%. 50%. 50. From three. Even uh, that was when Keegan Murray was struggling. So mm-hmm. when you think about it, um, if everybody's doing their role, doing their job, the Kings are going to be a very, very good team. And right now, mm-hmm. what we're seeing whether it was uh, – I mean, the defense is still an issue. It was an issue during the winning streak, too. But when De'Aaron Fox isn't playing like an all-star, when Kevin Hurts is knocking down threes, when Harrison Barnes is not doing – I don't want to say anything, but much of right. value, right. the Kings are back to that fringe playing team. And that's kind of where they're at right now. Like right now, yep. the they didn't play they've played the last three games, you see French fringe play-in team. But I think that the roster they have and the makeup, it's a playoff team. But – What we talked about before, and you pointed out, one area they need to make an upgrade in is Mm -hmm. is they need another center. Mm -hmm. They they need another center. And and Tim Maxwell, um, our friend from the Kings Herald, has a a couple things today that I wanted to share. First of all, the Kings have posted the fewest blocks in the league. Ooh. 61. That feels about right, right? The
0: Nets have 160. Sorry. I don't even know who who, – I know I am. Who would be leading the Kings in blocks right now? Would you like to guess? I would like to guess. I mean, it's probably Sabonis. It probably has to be Sabonis. I know there was a point where Sean had, you know, while he was playing, he only had one block on the season. This is going to surprise you. Harrison Barnes. De'Aaron Fox. This is going to surprise me, then. Who is it? Keegan Murray.
1: Whoa. Keegan Murray leads the Kings with 11 block shots. And he's played the least Whoa. amount of games out of most of the rotation players. 11 blocks over 17 games. Um, quick math. That is Whoa. 0.6 blocks per game. That's more than half a block per game. leading the team. 11 blocks. Uh, the next closest. Whoa. Uh,
0: let's see. Oh, my
1: God. So, okay. so bonus, Herder, and Fox have nine. Herder so, had like two blocks last night.
0: So, Keegan has a comfortable lead. He has a what, I mean, mul- like,
1: multiple, multiple two yeah. block lead. So, yeah, the Kings need some rim protection here. Uh, that's also Chemezi Metu is allowing opponents to shoot 70.3% at the rim. And that is 60th out of 66 qualified centers. League average is 66, you said? Uh, it says an improvement of 4.1%. So, they're shooting almost 5%. Over their average field goal percentage at the rim against Metu, I'm not sure what the league average is, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you it's probably a lot better than 70 percent because he's 68 out of 66.
0: Yeah. So. So yeah, I mean, it's a clear, it's a clear hole. Chavez um,
1: Metu, I think that him and Trey Lyles would have a good battle for the backup four minutes. I think that you can kind of interchange them. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know if the backup center situation is one I am i Am enjoying much.
0: Better. Trey Lyles didn't play last night. He was That's sick. just it. Oh, and right. He, he right, might have right, helped too right, a little bit. Right, 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 he might have.
1: Right. Okay, he might have given like, the Kings another. Right. I don't think he would have won the game, but he might have helped. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he is serviceable. He helps out. Yeah. He's got. Some, he
0: provides some size too. Yeah. Knock down a three um, here and there, but yeah,
1: I think I just think the, the rim wow. protection is not enough, and that's not rocket science. Everybody that watches the Kings game with a working eyeball can tell you that the Kings are horrible at defense, mm-hmm. and it comes down to allowing points in the paint, which I think the Kings are. are among the bottom four or five in the league
0: in allowing points per game, mm-hmm. so not great. No, and I've I've talked about it a couple times, but it just doesn't feel like that the solution for the team protecting the rim is on the roster. Uh, you mentioned Chimezie's, you know, lackluster rim stats. Uh, Sabonis is doing what he can, but he's just incredibly limited vertically. Uh, and you know, he's, he's also, we've seen him get into routine foul trouble here. I think he's really struggling with just the, the volume of people coming at him, uh, in a game. And it's going to be tough, especially in a playoff series, uh, to try and keep Domas on the floor, because that's absolutely what teams are going to target. They're just going to try and draw fouls on him and get him out of the game. Uh, and that could really hurt the Kings in, in a series where they need him. It's kind of weird. I feel like, I don't know if you agree with me, it feels like Damian Jones would have been the perfect backup center to have on this team. I would love to have Damian Jones on this team right now. I think
1: it'd be, I, I'd much prefer, you know what? I'm at a point now where I think the Kings should maybe go. You, I forget sometimes the Kings have Rashawn Holmes and Alex Land.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They have, they have Rashawn Holmes and Alex Land on the bench. right and what I give them a little bit of run
0: a little bit. Mm-hmm. I thought that in the Memphis game for sure just because Memphis is such a great rebounding team and has Jaron Jackson and Steven Adams uh at, at center like you 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 know Mezzi is fine for teams that play on the perimeter because he can switch and and you know hold his own on the perimeter and Rashawn definitely struggled with that earlier in the season but it's you know I I it's I think Mike has fallen in love with this rotation, maybe a little bit too much where he's trying to implement the King style on another team instead of playing matchup based a little. Um, And I'm curious to see if he maybe switches away from that, because I do think Rashawn is just too good of an overall player to not see if he can work through some of these things, especially when we see him give, you know, not a, a, he doesn't give the same kind of leeway to, I'm sorry, he, He doesn't give Rashawn the leeway that he gives players like Harrison Barnes or like Keegan Murray, who we see struggling right now, but he's not really toiling with their minutes all too much. Casey Paula, we're seeing finally start to get minutes uh, with with those two guys struggling. But uh, I'm really surprised that we just haven't seen Rashawn. Uh, You know, it it looked really, really bad when he played earlier this season. But again, I I feel like he can figure something out that's better than what Shemezi has given us these past couple games.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rashawn Holmes is making I think ten point five, eleven right. million to to just just be buried on, on the bench, bench. <laughs> and I'm sure the Kings are looking to to rehome him, give him a new place to
0: no pun intended. Yeah,
1: rehome, ooh, rehomes him, <laughs> rehomes him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the rim protection that's going to be something to keep an eye on. The Kings are going to have to to knock on some doors for some help in that regard. Uh, we have about five five six minutes left here, yeah. but I want to ask you with this before we kind of just hand out our quick awards, right now. November 29th the kings are 10 and nine they're seventh in the <sighs> west I believe mm-hmm. how are you do you are you concerned I'm, I guess we'll end with this are you concerned about this losing streak
0: are you worried let me hear it so I'm looking at the standings right now they have golden State right on their heels they're they're tied for they're the same coming. win perception they're, they're going to yeah. be there Uh, Golden State's going to be there. Utah has fallen off after their incredible start. They're now uh, the nine seed right now. They could potentially fall out completely. Timberwolves' Carl Anthony Towns just seemed like he he picked up a major injury last night. Uh, I believe we're still waiting on MRI results on that. The Timberwolves could... They it honestly, the Timberwolves could get better with that, with with maybe uh, it, it unclogging the lane for them, maybe, you know, giving Gobert more of a solid role. It could also really, really hurt them. Carl Anthony Towns is their most, uh, I was going to say most talented player, but you throw Anthony Edwards in there. One of their more talented players, absolutely. I mean, Cat, we all know the caliber of how good he is. So I'm going to say no, just because, you know, there are teams that are, uh, you know, around the same place the Kings are, and I still feel like as long as this team remains healthy for the most part, uh, specifically with De'Aaron and Domas, they're they're going to figure this out. They are not as bad as this three game losing streak. They're probably not as I, I I'd have a tough time believing that they're going to go on another seven game win streak. No, that's that doesn't happen. Very, right? Very,
1: yeah, no, that was their longest streak since what two thousand four, two uh, thousand four, two thousand
0: five. Yep. Yeah, I would expect this team to to kind of play around 500 basketball the rest of this season I mean, it really does feel like on a nightly basis we can almost guarantee if healthy this team is gonna gonna compete for at least three and a half quarters and however the you know whatever the results may be may be but uh it it feels like this team is legit they have legitimate issues and we've addressed that with the rim protection and i think just with the overall defense but you know their their offense is going to be good enough to to beat the bad teams i think on a on a routine basis do you feel the same yeah yeah you know i mean the the offense is right now it's it's the it's what makes them
1: go the defense if they can that's what kind of has me feeling a little hopeful though if the defense can improve it's really bad if they can just improve a little bit a little bit they are going to win more games and i think that for that reason i'm optimistic and like you said I don't need the Kings to finish the year 52 and 30. Yeah. 500 basketball would be fantastic. If the Kings win 41 games this year, I'll be elated because that means they will probably be a top eight, top seven seed. Mm-hmm. They might be able to probably be able to host a playing game. And that is a beautiful thing to me. I would be all on board. I'd be completely on board with mm-hmm. the Kings to finish the season with 41 wins. And that's kind of like to myself personally, that's like what I want. Like mm-hmm. I, I am looking at, that forty-one number 500. first and they finish five hundred. They break the under five hundred streak, mm-hmm. and they break the postseason streak. Hopefully, by winning the playing game, because if you can be a top seven, top eight seed, you get to host mm-hmm. or top seven, no it's seven and nine, seven and nine, yeah, which is strange. Well, then if they lose, if they lost a seven eight game, they would right. you, you the would nine, still host, right? Either way, I think the Kings are are on the right track. De'Aaron Fox is. Hopefully not injured too bad. He seemed like he was a little banged up. Last mm-hmm. night he downplayed it. But tomorrow night, Pacers come to town.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a good uh, it's a good like, measuring stick. The mm-hmm. Kings have a game they absolutely should win. I don't want to hear about anything how well the Pacers have played. I know Indiana is 12-8. The Kings should beat them. The Kings have a mm-hmm. more talented roster. They are deeper. They have, have more than enough talent to get it done, and they have to. They have to beat the Pacers who have right now been the surprising team, sure. kind of like the, the, the Kings version, the, the, the Eastern Conference version of the Kings so far. So um, Tyrese Albert and Buddy Heal return tomorrow
0: night to go to one center. Chris, do you have any thoughts on that? I'm incredibly excited. This is like so far the most anticipated matchup of the season for me. Um, I, I'm excited to see the the Tyrese, De'Aaron on the court dynamic. Uh, I think that those two are going to be on a mission to prove, just to make a statement, I should say. Not necessarily to prove everything. anything. Both of those players have uh, have proven enough in their career and don't really need uh, to prove anything more to anybody. But I definitely think both of those two are going to be going at it in a very healthy, friendly, competitive battle Uh and it's just going to be a blast. I mean, the fans are going to be engaged for sure. I think that there's a lot of people who love Tyrese Halliburton and are going to use this game as as fuel for their hatred of the of the Halliburton trade. Um, it's just going to be fun. I think it's going to be a really, really fun atmosphere. Are you looking forward to it, I assume? Yeah. You're looking I mean, more forward to the Buddy Healed return, aren't you? Oh, <laughs> you you miss Buddy, don't nah, you? <laughs> I know Jason Anderson, is, like, yeah. Jason Anderson is looking forward to it. With the, the, yeah.
1: uh, the Pharaoh Buddy outfit. Yeah. But- no, I think it's going to be interesting to see the reception. I think Tyrese is going to get a huge ovation. I agree. I think that Tyrese is going to be appreciative. I think he's going to give some love back to the fans. I think yeah. he has a lot of love for this fan base. Anything that we've heard from Tyrese, the ill will, is absolutely towards Monty McNair and Vivek Ranadive. I think mm-hmm. that he has, has a beef with the with the ownership and, and the front office, not uh, De'Aaron Fox, not the players on the floor, but... So sometimes that can leak into the, the competition. And mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if we do see a play tomorrow night where Buddy Heel or Tyrese kind of maybe get, I don't know. Point of effect as they run down the yeah, sideline. something <laughs> like that. Or maybe I don't want to say like a little chippiness, but maybe there is a play where Fox and Tyre are really going at it hard and they mm-hmm. have some, some, some playful competition that gets a little heated. And yeah. uh, that's, that's a fun part of sports. So tomorrow is, is kind of like what I, what I really, it's one of the things I enjoy the most about, mm-hmm. about sports, seeing these kind of storylines play out.
0: Sorry, I know I saw that. Cat no, yeah. is out several weeks. Several weeks with a calf strain. Carl Anthony Towns, looked back. Which is kind of a relief, yeah, because it, it from from the visual it looked like uh, Achilles. You guys were thinking it could have been a knee for him. So I think the fact that it's a calf strain is probably a little bit of relief. At the buzzer, because we got to go. King of the week. Sabonis. <sighs> I mean, he he's been incredibly consistent. Almost had a triple double last night. Um, it seems like he's just putting up these. 17 eight and 10 performances at yeah. the eight and the 10 being interchangeable between rebounds and assists every single night uh he he's been great and even i mentioned his rim protection earlier i think he's doing the best he can and that's all you can really ask for him like i said he's just he's kind of naturally going to be challenged just vertically and, and with his athleticism but he's a. Uh, He's he's just been incredibly impressive to me, and and uh, you know he's he's just doing what he does. Like on a nightly basis, he absolutely dominates the uh, the other big. Doesn't matter if it's Steven Adams or if it's Bam Adebayo. Like in terms of size, he he still manages to be physical enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, one of Sabonis or Fox will be an All Star this year. I think that's pretty much, in my opinion. I think it's more likely to be Sabonis because the fact that the front court has less options to choose from, Mm -hmm. and he's a returning All Star. Fox could maybe break through, but Shea Gilgis-Alexander has kind of made a push in that regard, too. So that's yeah. going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, for me, Malik Monk. Mm. Continues to Great be... Great pick. A, a, to me, he's a six man of the year. Yeah. He should be a top four, top five, maybe top three. six man of the year candidate. 30 points last night. He, I said last night, he's kind of like the the new layup king. Oh, for the my. Kings. He's kind of passing uh, passed by Tyreek Albert. Tyreek Albert. Uh, Tyreek Albert. Tyreek
0: Tyree Ty- uh, Re- Evans. Yes. In that regard yeah where he's just unstoppable but like malik has malik's finishes are like world class like the fact that i I said this last night where he'll like contort his body and go you know jump from one side of the rim finish on the other side of the rim because somehow that's an easier layup for him it seems like uh it's just absolutely insane the way he's able to uh to be an acrobat in the air, he definitely has that 2K acrobat badge he for sure. spends a lot of time up in the air. Mm-hmm. And I wish. I wish I could. Oh, me too. Oh, just like take vacation
1: up there. Couldn't slide a credit card on my feet when I jumped. <laughs> so he um, he really is an impactful piece that yeah. I'm sure Monty in the front office are very happy about. And mm-hmm. I know that Mike Brown is playing in late-game situations. He's kind of mm-hmm. at the front of the line mm-hmm. with King Murray struggling. Malik Monk playing next to Fox, just like in college. It's great to see But he's been effective. And that being said, you have a meeting. I do have a meeting here. For the The post-game recaps. Make sure you check out the post-game recaps. Sacktown Sports 1140's YouTube page. Following each game, Chris Watkins, Carmichael Dave, Rami, and Nick
0: Cattles are on those. I just saw that uh, they said Cat's going to be out for four to six weeks. The Kings do not play the Minnesota Timberwolves until the last days of January. He'll they play them January 28th and 30th. So he'll they will probably uh probably get Kat back for he'll that. Be back he'll probably back. be back yeah. for that. He'll yep. he'll
1: have his like uh, recovery lengthened out a little longer yeah. and he'll come back on that day.
0: On that. Day. Yep, for sure. That's how it always works out. Yep. So. And it will be just like last season when uh you know, that those were the first games of a bonus, where the uh where the two Timberwolves games, correct? Was I think we traded for him on the first day and then the second Uh, Timberwolves game was his first game yes yep yeah can't wait for that Uh, for Frankie Cardicelli I am Chris Watkins thank you all for listening so much Uh, bye bye